Today we're talking about Isaiah. Sorry, not Isaiah. That's where I turned to. Uh, we're actually in James. We're still in James. Threw me way off. We're in James. Here's my little marker. James 4. Everybody good? March Madness getting to you? I smell like peppermint now. Very nice. I should be really awake. Uh, this is going to be awesome. When we move places, Miriam and I, we really hardly have ever lived where our parents lived. And so for a little while we lived in Fort Worth, but Miriam's parents at the time were living in England. And so for us to ever go to visit parents, and my folks are uh, lived in Kentucky, my mom's still alive. And so when we moved to New Mexico or when we moved to Texas or South Carolina or wherever we lived, Michigan, it was always part, oh, this is going to change colors. That's not good for me. Okay. Um, it's going to really, really not be good. Because um, I don't know, is anybody else in here a little ADD? It's like... Yeah, but can you give me that water, Robin? I, I, pro- I probably need that. Thank you. Thank you. But look, it's like smoke signals. Oh, there's lots of water still in there. Sweet. Um, so, because our people were always kind of away from us, we'd have to prepare for road trips. And so today we're talking about how to plan for the future. And I thought a good way to kind of maybe introduce the topic was, when you're going to go on a road trip, so... This summer, we're going to make a trip. We're going to drive from here um, to Texas to see Miriam's mom. And we're going to drive from here to Kentucky to see my mother. I mean, we're going to have these road trips that we have to have. And when you get on a road trip, when you're planning a road trip, you need to prepare your car. You need to make sure, or whatever you're driving, your SUV or whatever, you have to make sure certain things. And so I always check, you know, is there enough tread on the tires? Do I need to get new tires? And uh, are we going to be okay? Do I need to be rotated? Do we need to check the battery terminals because you don't want you know your car not to start? I make sure the oil has been changed. Um, and really, most importantly, it, like wiper blades, you check some of that stuff, but most important, do we have proper snackage? Because, you know, really, uh, road trip is all about the snacks. you got to have right snacks. And, and uh, you know, my preference is Pringles. Miriam is his fruit. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, we, do, we do that kind of stuff. Well, so when you're preparing for the future, um, you have to think sort of forward. Uh, we talk about it in our family. We talk about playing the movie forward. What happens next, right? And so if we're driving from here to Fort Worth, part of the movie forward is we drive through Atlanta. Has anybody ever driven through Atlanta? Um, it's really So you plan a day uh, through Atlanta, right? There's a plan. It's going to take a day. And and everything else is okay, but man, Atlanta is just tough. And then Miriam's mom has the discourtesy of living on the other side of Fort Worth, and so you have to drive through Dallas, which is kind of like Atlanta. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth is nuts, depending on what time of day you get there. But there's, there's planning involved, right? And when I grew up, now see if you can complete this sentence. We used to say, uh, I'm going to you know, drive to Fort Worth, Lord willing, and what? Creek don't rise, right, okay. Which basically means, Lord willing, and nothing unforeseen comes up. Well, how many times do unforeseen things come up? Um, On every trip, it seems like there's something, well, maybe not every trip, but often there are things that come up that you don't plan for. And and part of what is interesting to me, I think our human nature is, I, I would like to know what the future is. So people look at some of the dumbest things to figure out their future. They'll look at their horoscope. You know, and horoscopes are generally just, just nuts. I, have, I don't think I've looked at one in a long time. But, you know, or, or they'll, they'll get a fortune cookie. 
I'm going to read you some fortune, fortunes from fortune cookies. These are good ones. A uh, person who eats fortune cookie gets lousy dessert. That, that's a pretty good, I mean, that's pretty good fortune. Um, two can live as cheaply as one for half as long. Well, that's pretty profound, I think. Um, the, um, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. That, that's a, that is good. That's good to know. Now this one, all right. I'm going to read it and I'm going to pause because you're going to have to think about it just for a second. Two days from now, tomorrow will be yesterday. It's true. Uh, you just have to think about it. And my favorite, hard work pays off in the future, laziness pays off now. Uh, so uh, those, you have these, people look to lots of different things for advice about the future. What am I going to do with the future? So you've got fortune tellers and astrology and all these sorts of things. Well, so James talks about this in chapter 4. This is what the future looks like. And Jesus talked about it. Let, let's look at a couple of verses that Jesus gave us. Uh, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000 men? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. When we pl Planning should be part of what we do, is basically what he's saying. In the same way, those who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. And part of what Jesus talks about a lot is that following him is costly. There, there's an all-in aspect of following Jesus. Now, we're looking at James today. Remember, James is written to people who have already said, we're, we're all in. This, we're, we're followers of Jesus. We want to follow. Okay, so James says, okay, we're making some mistakes as followers of Christ. If we're all in, if we're all committed, if we've done what Jesus said, if, if in this 33rd verse here, if uh, we have given up everything to follow, if we're willing to give up anything to follow Jesus, then what does it look like? And so James sort of jumps in, and we make some mistakes. You and I have made these mistakes, I think. And so James kind of warns us, and then he gives us a solution. So three things we need to kind of look for when we're planning ahead. Number one, the mistakes we make in planning for the future, number one is sometimes we plan without God. And look at what he says. We, we talk about this every week. James is amazing because he is great at um, illustrating. He's great at illustrating. So let's look at the illustration. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year here or there, carry on business and make money. He, he's, he, we can make a plan, and this plan, there's nothing wrong with this plan. In fact, there's nothing spiritually wrong with this. However, there's nothing spiritually right about this. Now look at what it, this is just, this is a business plan. Uh, where are you going to go? Well, when, when are you going to go? Well, today or tomorrow. Where are you going to go? Well, to this city or that city. Uh, how long are you going to be there? About a year. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to carry on business. What, what's your end goal? Well, I'd like to make money. It, it is a typical non-contingency business plan. This is my plan. And, and James is saying, listen, and by the way, when it says, now listen, only used one time in the New Testament. Super interesting to me. This is like when your mama, did y'all ever get in trouble and your mama said all your names? Joseph Lawrence, they asked you to get in here right now. You ever hear that? Anybody like that? Okay. When James says, now listen, I want you to hear your mama say all your names because he wants to get your attention. Now listen to this. This is the problem. Even Christians, even those of us who are all in with Christ, 
often make plans without consulting the Lord. Planning isn't the problem. In fact, in fact, planning makes a lot of sense. Jesus even said just a second ago, you should plan. It's not the, the planning isn't the issue. It's the presumption that's the issue, that God will bless whatever you plan. Well, what if God has another plan? What if my plan and God's plan aren't the same plan, and I'm all in with Christ, and I've said, you know, I'll go anywhere you want me to go? Well, then shouldn't we consult him on where he might want us to go? It just makes sense. There's a guy by the name of Alexander Saul. He is kind of the expert on the Russian Revolution from this this century. And and he's done a lot of research, read books and books and books and written books and books and books. And and, and one of the things he says um, about the Russian Revolution, they they said, hey, surmise, surmise what caused the Russian Revolution. And he said, "I, I can surmise it in three words, men forgot God. They have a plan. The plan just didn't include any contingency toward God. And so James continues, uh, "Why You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You, kind of like this little mist. Can you all see it? I wore the black shirt, not just for my North Carolina friends uh, who lost in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but... Um, and hopefully for Duke fans, too, uh, if God is listening to our prayers. Anyway, 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 he's saying, look, your life, the thing about, about mist is it doesn't last long. And we think, okay, we get 70 years or 80 years or, in my dad's case, 67 years. And 67 years sounds like a long time until you get about 67 years old. You know, as the older I get, I remember when I was 20 and 50 sounded really old. You remember that? And now that I'm over 50, 50 doesn't sound old anymore. My mom is 85. You know what sounds old to her? 100. You know? Because she's 85. She's already gotten, I bet when she was 70, when she was 70, you know what was old? 85. Now she's 85, you know what's old? 100. That's kind of how it works. When you're 20, 50 seems really, really old. When you're 50... It's older than that, all right? But if we were to look at it in the context of, okay, life, life is kind of brief. And in and, and, and Proverbs, it says, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what the day may bring. Yes, we should absolutely plan. I think planning is integral to a Christian's life. But life is complex. We just don't always know what's going to go on. In fact, it's interesting. There's a siren going on right now. I would almost guarantee you that the person where that siren is going didn't plan on whatever that was. It could be a car accident. It could be uh, an accident at home. We just don't plan. We can't plan for everything that might go wrong. Now, things sometimes go wrong. I think about Bernie Madoff. I think I have a picture of him. Madoff was this guy that did this Ponzi scheme stuff, and he got caught, I believe it was in 2008, and he had built people out of literally billions of dollars. And since he was arrested and those people didn't get their money back, now think about this, they were, they were planning for the future. They were financially planning for the future. They had invested their money in someone who they trusted, who was giving them a return on their investment, at least for a while. And then when it all came crumbling down, many people just couldn't handle it. In fact, interestingly enough, March of 2017, just two years ago, there was a guy who lost, I think he was a fudge, uh, a, a, fudge, uh, a, a hedge fund, uh, not the same thing as a fudge hand, uh, a hedge fund guy 
And um, he had lost, I think, $50 million in this by investing in Madoff. And, and it took him a while, but he, he eventually committed suicide because he just could never get back ahead. And we read about, in fact, I read about several people who committed suicide because their security was in their money. Bernie Madoff's own son committed suicide two years after because he felt like he had financial security until he didn't. Now, I, I, I have a contingency fund for the future. I have um, a retirement fund. I think it's important to save for retirement. In fact, super interesting. I read an article this week. Um, they interviewed 2,000 millennials and only... Uh, oh, this statistic will knock your socks off. 41% of millennials admit to spending more on coffee than they do on saving for retirement. Uh, the people at Starbucks are happy about this. But uh, really, you've got to save for the future. And the complexity of life should cause us to ask God to be in our decisions. I mean, if, if I've got my decision or I can consult God on what my decision should be, wouldn't it make sense to consult somebody who knows more than you about the future. Uh, I recently kind of changed the guy I talked to about, hey, where do I invest this little meager uh, retirement that I have? Where do I put this money? And last year, interestingly enough, I, I didn't gain much. This year, it's much, much better. It really, he knows more. And when I try to do it on my own, I'm really not very good at this. So you ask somebody that's better than you. We do it all the time. We ask somebody better than us. If my car starts to squeak, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know what the squeaking is. But when I, when I push up and down on the front bumper and it squeaks, I'll call my friend who's a mechanic and I'll say, hey, man, when I push up and down on the bumper, it squeaks. And he'll say, stop pushing up and down on the bumper. Uh, but, but he'll say, hey, that sounds like, you know, it's a, it's a strut or it's a shock. Or, I mean, I can describe it over the phone and he will tell me, hey, it's probably that. Uh, my brother-in-law is that for me. I, I've got this guy that my, my brother-in-law is very mechanical. And, and so the other day when it, it snowed, remember when it snowed a, a while back and, and I had driven in the snow because what is the one thing you want to do in snow and it's do donuts. I mean, really, snow is made for donuts. I had done some donuts and then I got out on the road and my car was, I mean, shaking like nuts. It was going nuts. And I called Joey and I said, Joey, what is the deal with my car? He said, have you been doing donuts in the snow? It's funny how you knew that. Uh, have you been doing donuts in the snow? I said, yeah. He said, well, you've got snow packed in your wheels. Once it comes off, you'll be okay. And you know what happened? Once the snow melted, my car was okay. I had to consult somebody who knew more than I did. Okay. So the solution to planning without God is to include God in your planning. In James, he says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will. That's where we get that expression. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And here's what I know about life. Life is iffy. Look, it's in the word. It's iffy. Life is iffy. If the Lord wills. If it goes as planned. But it doesn't always go as planned. In fact, we've, most of us have lived long enough to know it doesn't always go as planned. So when it doesn't go as planned, we have to be ready for the contingency. Uh, I, I like this story. For years and years and years, and we don't do this anymore, but it was a tradition. If you wrote a letter, one of the things you would put at the end of the letter, you would put a D and a V. And, and that meant Deo Valente. It's Latin for Lord Willing. And we'd write, you'd write the letter, and, and at the end, you'd use your little quill pen, and you'd put a D and a V. Here, here's 
the message. Here are the words that I have. Here's the plan that I have. But ultimately, I say, Lord willing. The Bible throughout, throughout the Bible, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So, why would we not consult somebody who knows more than we do? It just doesn't make any sense. Now, typically what happens is I make a plan and I say, Lord, here's my plan. What do you think? There's a, probably a better way if you get him in on the consultation early. Like, Lord, I'm about to plan my day tomorrow. It's, it's nighttime. You're, it's 9 o'clock. You're about to go to bed. You know, 10 o'clock, whatever. You're about to go to bed. You say, okay, Lord, I'm thinking about tomorrow. Uh, so for me, uh, last night, I was watching basketball and um, because it's March Madness and I like the basketball, but it got to be about 10 o'clock and I got kind of tired and, and I missed the ending of a great game from what I understand, but I, I'm, I'm praying through, Lord, what do I need to do? I, I need to think through tomorrow. And so I had to remember to, you know, the diffuser was in my office and I had to make sure that, you know, I, I had my little essential oil because good grief, you can't do that without essential oil. And uh, I had to make sure I was going to bring that. And then uh, we had gotten a new Keurig for out, out front. And so I had, I was thinking through, okay, I need to remember to do that. So I'm thinking through my day tomorrow and I'm saying, God, help me remember stuff. Help me do the things I need to do. And then I looked at my sermon uh, again last night and, and I'm praying through, Lord, help me not miss anything I need to say. I get so nervous when I preach. Every week I get nervous. Because I'm afraid I'm going to miss something I need to say. And, and so I just pray about it. Lord, help me not miss something I need to say. It's really important that we plan our day with God. So the solution is simple. You just plan and you say, God, help me with a plan. And because the steam was going to come up, I need to wear a black shirt. So you can, can you see it on my black background? Look. Oh, it's on. You cannot see. see, Robin, that's really not the words I needed to hear. Is it even on? <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Anyway, um, the Lord said a black shirt, so you're against the Lord. Anyway, okay, anyway. <laughs> Second thing we need to do when we're making plans. We need to not presume tomorrow. One of the mistakes we make is that tomorrow is going to happen. Look what he says. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You're making these plans, you don't even know what's going to happen. What is your life? You're a mist. I love that verse. That appears for a little while and then vanishes. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Let's talk about that word just for a second. These guys were, they were saying, this is going to happen. I am going to do this. Well, you don't know what you're going to do because you don't know what's going to happen. On the way home, you could be in an accident. I mean, nobody knows, but the, the word boasting here has this idea that there were people in that era, just like they've been all along, who will sell you something and they're very confident about it. It just doesn't work. I'll give you a couple of examples. Kevin Trudeau. Guy got sued for millions of dollars because he had these claims. Hey, you can lose weight without actually having to do anything. You can have natural cure. You can be healed without actually having to do anything. You can get free money from the government. Here's what I know about the government. They're hesitant to give you free money. But he made, he made literally millions of dollars. <laughs> Funny thing. Um, I looked him up on Wikipedia, which is the source, obviously, uh, of all true knowledge. Uh, I looked him up uh, on Wikipedia, and it said, current occupation, prison inmate. I, I think that's funny. Uh, so uh, he got in trouble. People will try to sell you anything. I have a couple more examples. This one says your baby can read uh, by the time they're nine months old. I'm going to give you a newsflash. 
Not true. Uh, just so you know. Because some of you are getting that. Down. I need it. And then this one, this, this one is great. This one, Dwayne, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, if you get Gloxy, it uh, adds height. See the before and after? Look how tall she is now. If we had known this, we'd be hooping it up right now. I mean, we'd be in the NBA. Look how, look how tall. I mean, so Gloxy. If you want to grow several inches, I'm going to point it. Gloxy is for you. Uh, so the word boasting in that verse was a lot about these people are selling you stuff that just isn't true. So why didn't we presume it's about tomorrow? Well, number one, we don't presume about tomorrow because life is unpredictable. You don't even know what's going to happen. Hey, you don't even know. The economy could tank. Uh, there could be a war. You could get sick. Somebody you love could get sick. Somebody you love could die. I used to have a friend who owned a Blockbuster video store. I was so jealous. I'm not jealous today. At one moment in time, owning a Blockbuster video store, man, you were bringing it in. And it didn't take long for that to go really, really south really, really fast, right? It was great for a while. See, we don't have any assurances. Life is unpredictable. And life is brief. You're a mist. The Bible is interesting to me. It uses several metaphors for our lives. It talks about, hey, your life is like a leaf. Uh, well, leaves are coming the spring. It's a beautiful time of the year. But by fall, they're gone, right? They're, they're short. They're short-lived. It talks about grass. Again, it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It talks about life being a shadow, life being a cloud, life being a puff of smoke, like being, life being mist. The word is atmos in the Greek, from which we get atmosphere. And if you look at a cloud, it's here now, and it's gone pretty soon. Somebody illustrated it. I think it's, it's like the best illustration I've heard. Life is like the development of the car backwards. Follow me. When the car was first developed, everything was manual. Manual transmission, manual steering. You had no power steering. Manual brakes. Uh, to roll down a window, what would you have to do? Crank, right? Uh, by the way, Elise and I went to, to look at a car the other day uh, that was for sale. She had never seen a crank. Ever. And she said, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's a crank. Um, everything was manual. You want to know what else was manual? Air conditioning, because there wasn't air conditioning. But do you all remember cars that had the wings? you all remember the wings? That the little, little windows? That when it's raining, you could get a little air, right? And if you really wanted big air, you rolled the window down. That was it. That was how your car worked. Everything was manual. Now everything is automatic. I remember when you had a four-wheel drive truck, you had to get out and go engage the hubs. You don't even have to do that anymore. You push a button and they engage. They're, they're, it's manual transmission. You have manual uh, steering. Uh, in fact, sometimes you can buy a car now that kind of steers itself. Uh, you can has GPS. You don't even have to manually look to see where you're going on a map. Remember, you had, there was like a paper thing called a map, and uh, you had to uh, you'd go to AAA and get them to put a map out for you. Remember those? So it went from everything was was manual. Now everything's automatic. And in your life, it's the exact reverse. When you're born, everything is automatic. You cry and somebody feeds you. You cry and somebody changes your diaper. Uh, when, you're, uh, when you're 20 years old, you can eat anything you want to. 
and it, it produces energy, and, and you can stay fit and trim. You hit 30, it becomes harder. You hit 50, it becomes harder still. And if you want to remain fit and trim at 50, which obviously I don't, but if you did, it's manual. you got to work for it. Well, life is like, it gets tougher. And it's brief. And he says, you're a mist. You're here today and you're gone tomorrow. And if we were, and I don't mean to be somber or, or, or anything, but if we would just think about it, we're all, every one of us, one heartbeat away from eternity. I was 40 years old and I had a heart attack. I mean, one heartbeat away from eternity, all of us. I don't, it, it shouldn't scare us. It should just help us to understand we probably ought to use God in our planning ought to, in, in, uh, to consult Him, right? The Bible says, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what the day may bring. None of us knows. So the solution is you plan for the future, but you live in the now. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. One of the things I think is super interesting about Jesus he never says, hey, everything is going to be easy for you once you come to follow me. He didn't say it because he didn't mean it. So many today think, well, if I follow Jesus, then it's always going to be good for me. It's always going to go right for me. I'm never going to have any difficulties. Jesus here says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. He doesn't promise tomorrow won't have any worries. He just says, hey, man... Don't get all upset about some of the stuff that may or may not happen out there. Let's deal with today, today. The great theologian John Lennon one time said, Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. In 15 years, today is the good old days. You ever thought about that? In 15 years, today will be the good old days. Remember when we used to? And we'll say that to each other. Hey, remember when we used to? And David prays this prayer. My future... Lord is in your hands. And, and so the solution is I plan for the future, but, but I understand I'm going to live in the now. The two mistakes we've talked about, mistake number one is planning without God. Mistake number two is presuming the future. Mistake number three is procrastinating now. If you, He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Um, you hear people say something, I'm aiming to do this. I'm aiming to do this. And don't you, if they say it enough, don't you at some point you want to say, well, when are you going to start aiming? And when are you going to start shooting? I mean, you're, you've been aiming for a long time. At some point, you've got to do something. I don't know about you, but procrastination is something that I'm, a, I'm, I'm familiar with. I, I found a, a procrastination quiz. Let me, let's just take it. How many of you have ever bought clothes rather than washed the ones you already have? Because uh, you don't want to do laundry. Nobody? Good. Uh, how many of you have ever put on makeup or shaved in the car going to work? Uh, or to your wedding? Uh, anybody? Uh, good. How many of you have tried to pass off Ingalls Fried Chicken as your own at the, chicken, at the uh, church potluck? Anybody ever do that? Because you're just... Um, you have lots of work to do, but somehow you find two hours to spend on Facebook or Pinterest or Twitter or Instagram. How many of you have ever bought a book on how not to procrastinate, but you've not gotten around to read it? I mean, there, there are things that happen, right, that we just sort of kick the can down the road. And here's the truth. Knowing the right thing to do and doing it are not the same thing. And the older I get, this is something I've noticed. I have got to do it now because I forget to do it if I don't do it now. Right? I'll think of it, and I'll need to do it now. So 
If it comes to mind, now's the time to do it. Or at least I write it down so I can't forget it. You remember the day when you used to could just have a mental checklist? I don't. I have a mental checklist. I just can't find it. Uh, you know, I, I think of stuff. I just don't know where I did with it. So I've begun to where it's like, okay, if I think of something to do. So I'll give you an example. If I think of somebody I need to text and, and ask how they're doing. My buddy Paul. Paul, are you in here? Paul had surgery on his arm. And, and so um, the Lord would bring Paul to mind, and I would text Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? I would do it right away because if I said, well, I'll do that when I get a chance, I forget I would just forget. And so I would just ask Paul, Paul, how you doing? Let me do it right now because I don't want to forget. Okay, so this, knowing the right thing to do and doing the right thing aren't the same thing. And procrastination leads us to, you know, one of these days. One of these days I'm going to get around to this. And so the solution is simple. Do something now. In Proverbs it says, don't withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them now. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and I'll help you. Do it now. Too many of us, too many of us worry about the duration of our life rather than the donation of our life. What does God want me to do now? Let me give you one more verse. In 1 John it says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I really do think entertainment gets in our way. Um, I'll be watching a ball game and God will bring somebody to mind and it's like, you know, Lord, I'll get to that, but let me watch the end of this game. Well, okay. Can anybody recall, uh, just real quickly, can anybody recall who won the NCAA National Championship in 2010? Anybody? It was Duke, wasn't it? Yeah. I should have, 2011. Do you remember? Who won in 2011? Does anybody know? 2012, Kentucky. The only reason I know is because we won. 2014 was Duke. They stole one from us. Uh, so I can remember a couple of them, but honestly, Villanova won last year. I kind of remember that. The year before that, I have no idea. We, but I've invested hours. I, I've invested lots of hours watching basketball. I mean, tons of hours. You might be different. Yours might be football. I know this is a football state. You've invested tons of hours in, in watching football. Or you've invested tons of hours watching baseball. Or you've invested tons of hours looking at something online. You've invested a lot of your life in this. And really, does it matter? The, the Bible tells us two things are going to last. God's Word and people. In eternity, these, this is what we have. God's Word and we have people. And if God challenges us and encourages us to invest in people... Even though we like to be entertained, maybe, maybe it makes more sense to get off of entertainment and start investing in people. Because it's much more important and it's much more long-term. In Acts, the Apostle Paul had been arrested. And a guy named Felix, which is a cool name by the way, Felix was in charge of his punishment and so he had, I don't want to interview, let's go with interview. He had an interview with Felix, and Felix brought him in. And, and it says, Felix sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ. Now, Paul could have talked about anything he wanted to. He could have said, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. I shouldn't be punished. This is all, you know, whack. But what he did, he, what he wanted to talk about was, let's talk about Christ. And as Paul talked about righteousness and self-control and judgment, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. 
You may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll call for you. When I find it convenient. When, when my life slows down, I'm going to deal with spiritual stuff. So let's end with a couple of questions. Let's get specific. How many of us say, when my life slows down, I'm going to get serious about my relationship with the Lord? Or I'm going to get serious about long-term planning with God? Or I'm going to get serious about asking God about my future? I'm going to get serious about a career change or asking God what I should do? And the tendency is, I take tomorrow for granted. This is a picture of David Cassidy and his daughter, Katie. She's a big star now. He was a big star when I was a kid. He was in the Partridge family. He was uh, Keith Partridge, sang those great songs. Um, Partridge family, probably the greatest band of all time. Uh, so, Partridge family. He was famous. He was on television. Um, he died at 67, a couple years ago. I think in 2017 he died. And his daughter is now an actress, and she talks about his last words. And she says, the last thing he ever said to her was, so much wasted time. And then he, <laughs> then he passed into eternity. And she writes, this will be a daily reminder for me to share my gratitude with those I love and to never waste another minute. It's a shame that it takes somebody on their deathbed to get to a place where they say, I have wasted most of my life. And I would hate for you and me, I'm, I'm your pastor, my job is to help you get to a better place spiritually. I would hate for you to get to your deathbed and say to yourself, man, I, I've had a whole lot of wasted time. I felt urgings of, of the Holy Spirit to do certain things that I just kind of kept pushing off. Like Felix, I knew I kind of should do it, but I just kicked the can down the road. And if you kick the can down the road long enough, you'll run out of road. So stop it. Paul, Paul would say stop it. James would say stop it. Stop kicking the can down the road. Stop presuming that the road doesn't end right now. You don't know, about, you don't know where the road leads. Start doing the things you know to do now. If you're committed, I mean if you're committed to Christ, now's the time to act like you're committed to Christ. This is the whole, whole thing that James is talking about at the end of chapter 4. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these words and what you have given to us today. And we pray that we might be aware that life is brief and we're, uh, life is, is short. And uh, it's like a mist. And help us to be reminded, Lord, that every day is a gift and help us to treat it as such. We love you, and I pray, God, that you'll help us to do everything you've called us to do. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.